Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is season four, and it's called The Journey. Episode three, and this is part two to the last episode. Who are the healers? Can we heal ourselves? And how invested have we become in being sick? What are some of the motivating factors in healing? These are the questions we are going to explore today. Welcome back. This is the third episode in this new series. This is part two, a continuation of of the topic from the last episode, which was healing. The journey series is a continuation of the book's teachings with more added life journeys and experiences to share. Remember, I had sent out a series of questions to three people I know. One of the three will answer the questions on healing today. Today, I am welcoming Father Tony Van Vector. He is currently the lead pastor of a local church called Heronia Christ Church. Father Tony started the church 27 years ago. He shares his journey and life's work in a book he has written called The Seven Lessons, that is, is Set My People Free, and another book being a personal biography. I have how you can purchase these books in the outline for this episode. Please check your podcast host for these details. I thought of Father Tony for this topic because he himself has suffered numerous illnesses and physical disabilities, but still has managed to overcome them and continue to share the word of our Father. He is a spiritual warrior, but more than that, a man with complete faith in our Father and the plan he has set forth for all of us. Welcome, Father Tony. I gave you four questions that I wanted you to share your experiences on. So the first question is, who are the healers? I referred to the fact that many texts and writings reference healers. I wanted to know who you thought the healers are. Hello there, everybody. Yeah, there are many amazing healers. And the one that we all know, especially the Christians, is our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He showed us how. And I remember one of his apostles, Luke, who uh, was a naturopath, but he wanted to learn more about healing, and he learned from Jesus that healing came through being one with God. Now, I could name you many present-day healers, Catherine Kuhlman and so many others, but I'd just rather explain what does it take, you know? What kind of a disposition did Jesus have about healing? You know, is it required? Is it essential for this journey that we're on now? There are many healers who can detect whether a person needs to be healed now or later or in another lifetime due to the journeys that we've been on in past lifetimes. I'd like to refer the healers to the compassionate ones. Now, compassion is an action or an activity that comes straight from the heart. True love is healing. True love is being one with God. God is love. And they that love live in God and God lives in them. So the compassionate ones have somehow or other learned how to be one with God. The compassionate ones, and Jesus told the parable, for example, about the Good Samaritan. You know, he says, 
a neighbor. You know, who's a real neighbor? And he pointed out the one who steps away from selfishness, from self-centeredness, from fear and worry, and just goes to the need that is required without self-consideration. Now, healers are the ones who are able to forget themselves and feel the pain of the other person. True love is exactly what God does. When Jesus healed, he felt the pain of the other person, but he was able to go one step further that most normal common Joe, Dick, and Harry's can't do, and is to look into the past, the karmic needs, which some avatars uh, were certainly able to do. Jesus knew what they needed, but we can't judge. So when we s see someone suffering, when we see someone ill, we need to be able to approach them. We need to be able to open our heart to them. And it's so important to understand that it has to come from the heart. And we have to be able to feel the suffering of the other person in our mind and in our heart. It's so essential. The human heart has the ability to call forth the energy of love. You know, you wonder how is healing taking place? It's the healing power goes along the lines of we understand and the scientists now understand is that energy is the action. And if love sends this energy, it is an energy of completeness. It's an energy that corrects something that is wrong, something that is not right. So what one needs to do is to have that concentrated mindfulness to seriously think and focus on that person, where that person is hurting, where that person needs that special touch, and then mindfully, from the heart, send that energy that will make the person whole again. So it's compassion. Uh, they are the ones that are the true healers. And I believe that the many healers that we have encountered through history and in books, they were able to be one with God, and that's what we need to learn to do in order to understand what healing is. Okay, so that sounds, that's awesome. Um, so what about the ability to heal ourselves? So you've talked about there, are, there have been healers in history and that there are people out there with compassion who can heal, but can we heal ourselves? Do we have that ability? Uh, yeah, we do have that ability. We have the ability, I, I remember Jesus pointing out to me very clearly of what Moses said to Joshua, I set before you life or death. And Jesus called it a blessing or a curse, which means in today's language to be positive or negative. When I was young, I discovered very early that I had rheumatoid arthritis. When I was milking cows, and in those days we had to do it by hand, my hands would just totally go numb. And okay, what do I do in this case? I went to the tap, ran cold water over them, and was okay for five minutes. Finishing a cow, I had to do the same thing again, and that's what carried on. 
So that was my first discovery that, hey, don't sit there and cry. Do something. Later on, I learned to put my hands in hot water and then immediately into cold water. That seemed to work also. And later on in life, when it got pretty bad, I ended up in St. Michael's Hospital. That's where the doctor sent me, and they put me through a test, and they found that I had, after two weeks of testing, they found that I had 45 infected joints. These joints, the doctor said, were so distorted that healing was not possible and that I would need to find the best wheelchair possible because I would spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. Well, I turned to prayer again and said, God, this is not going to happen. And especially by that time, God had asked me to set his people free. And you can ask about that some other time. We'll discuss that. And I went home. I tried naturopath. But the most important thing was to be positive. I focused on the aching parts. By that time, most of my body was aching and crying out. And I would send loving thoughts. You know, I would praise my hands for all the work they still could do. And I praised my feet and legs that I could still walk and move about. And that kept me going for many, many years. When I started studying, I found an amazing, I would say, healer who was able, she was a scientist, she was able to say, we have the power to think. And when we think, we can bring into being just as God did. And she was able to teach a group of people that we could even move a rainstorm or move a hurricane if we put our mind to it. I used this method in order to kind of keep my body going. By that time, I had already learned that my rheumatoid arthritis was a karmic condition which I had accepted for this lifetime because of the pain I had caused others. So I won't go into that, but I honored this disease as a teaching method for me, and that is what kept me going. Later on, I discovered that the lesson that Jesus gave us where he said, I and the Father are one. He was teaching us that the power that he was using came through him, to him from the Father, that he was focusing on the Father continuously so that he was able to use his divine power. And Jesus was teaching us that we have that divine power in us and we can call on this divine power. And it has taken me an awful long time to learn how to use this divine power because what one has to do is not to think about our body at all, but to see it as a tool. We are not our body. We are a spiritual being. We are divine beings. And we use our body and we can keep our body in shape for the journey that we are called on. So I learned to put myself in the mind of Christ, as Jesus, as St. Paul said we should do, and to use daringly 
the authority that God gave us because Jesus said the day will come. You will do even greater things than I do. So we had to learn to do those things. So I did that to myself, and later on I have done it for other people. Yes, we can heal ourselves using the divine power that is in us and continuously remain focused on being positive. Awesome. Okay, so you've kind of answered the third question, but I want to just, oh. at, at, well, not totally, almost. Okay. <laughs> what, so it's, what is your viewpoint on sickness and our ability to heal it? So you did talk about that with your own experience, but maybe I want to ask you one, one question. Why do you think there is so much sickness in this world? Why are we so focused on being sick? <laughs> That's a loaded question. We can write a book about that. And, and in order to give a simple answer is because people focus on sickness rather than on health. Too much attention, like even so often it has happened that a member in the family has got cancer. Well, the next thing we know, we tell our children, well, your father got cancer, you better be careful. We plant doubt in our children, and they carry on planting doubt in their children. This has been the human journey for far too long. It's because we are imprisoned in our body with our mind. We can set ourselves free from that body mindfulness to our spirit mindfulness. That is so important that we do that. So sickness, yes, certain sicknesses are chosen by our own journeys that we have to do, but the majority of sickness comes from choosing wrongly by focusing on sickness rather than on health. Awesome. So the last question, the Course in Miracles says that the motivating factor in healing is prayer and asking for, asking for that healing. So I know that you have a lot of experiences around this. So if you could just tell us a story or something about something, an experience you had around prayer and healing. Yeah. When I was first ordained, this was back in 1973, uh, and I happened to be ordained in a Roman Catholic church, and I went to the hospital, and there was a gentleman who saw me. He says, get away from me. I'm not dying. I don't want that. And he said that because he didn't even know who I was, but I had a Roman collar on at that time, which I incidentally quickly got rid of because it just identified me as an institution rather than a personal person. So I said, well, I'd like to talk with you anyway. I says, you Christians. I said, oh, what's, what's the problem? He said, well, my brother is one of those. He goes to church every Sunday, but he'll go to hell for what he does on Monday. So he kept accusing. I said, well, what's wrong with you? So he told me that he had heart problems. I said, well, you want to play the game? I'll say a prayer for you anyway. Well, if you feel you have to, go ahead. You seem to be a nice person. Well, anyway, so I said, Lord, this man needs to get to know you. So I quietly prayed over him. Next morning, I get a phone call that he wanted to go home. The doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. That man was in church the next Sunday. He was in church ever after. When I left the Catholic Church, he joined me 
and he wanted to help me in my ministry, but he bragged to everybody about my praying, and I kind of told them that it wasn't me. I just let God work through me. So but he was an amazing, uh, let's just say, image or example of what prayer can do. But prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is connecting with God, with our whole heart, mind, and soul, and having complete trust in that divine love that God loves all people, not just the rich or the poor, but the stubborn. And let's just say those who don't want to believe, God loves them all. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Wow. Thank you for your insight. I hope we can do this again soon and discuss another topic, maybe forgiveness, another loaded topic, or the ego. So we will definitely have Father Tony back. There's so much knowledge and teachings you have to share. I'm so happy that you were able to do that with me today. I know this personally because I've learned from all of your teachings over the many years. So again, thank you. In two weeks, I'll be covering the topic of peace. Peace is impossible to those who do not see it. Peace is inevitable for those who offer it. In this world where judgment is our guide, peace seems impossible to obtain. Yet if we relinquish all judgment, peace is found. It really is that simple. The complexity comes in our resistance to see it as that simple. We ask the wrong question. It should not be, is peace possible? But rather, is it possible to make peace absent? It is here in this world because God is here in us. We need to choose to see it and to feel it. Thank you for listening. On October 18th, I will upload episode four, which is peace. We will be exploring the topic of peace with Reverend Laura. I have given her four questions to ponder. First, do you think peace is possible in this world? Second, what is the peace of God? Third, do you think peace is a necessary or key element to life in this world? If not, what do you think is? And lastly, what is your experience with peace? Remember, this is our journey. Let us together find our way. Live in this moment. It is the only place where peace is found. Love always, Denise.